You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it with tales from all over the nation. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Hello, Just Go Bike listeners, and hello, Murph. Well, hello, AP and listeners. So what's new, Andrea? Well, let me tell you, it is spooky season. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. I, I know you're probably going to tell me something interesting, but in my neighborhood, you know how I live in the arts and culture district? Well, mm-hmm. some entity like put scarecrows on all the corners of mm. the, of the, you know, the different blocks in the area, but mm. they're not like just scarecrows that you would see, you know, in a, a garden or something. They're kind of spooky and a little bit aggressive and they look like people have, <laughs> people have been murdered on every corner. Ooh. And so, yeah, cruising around at night is a little spooky in my neighborhood, oh, but what I'm talking about, yeah, was that, like, what were you going to say about being spooky? Oh, I have nothing interesting to say. I get, I got all my decorations out, which I don't have a lot of decorations, but I transitioned them from Halloween to Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's. And then I cut it out. Then I cut that stuff out. But, uh, so I got all my decorations out. There's pumpkins everywhere. And I think we're going to go on a little fall leaf cruise this weekend. Oh, leaf peeping. mm -hmm, Leaf peeping. And as we all know, leaf peeping is best done from the seat of a bicycle because you can see them really well. Yes. Better, better than from a car because I don't have to look at the road as much. Yeah. You know oh, yeah. I mean? You can yeah. go at a different pace. You can kind of see the see all the different leaves and colors. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And the first week of October in Iowa, in this part of Iowa, is when things really start to kick off. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you view the season. So uh, that that's my whole, quote unquote interesting thing. But <laughs> in actual interesting news, I want to give a shout out to Luke Hoffman, who yeah. is the brand new executive director of the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. Yay. Yeah, so we're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to see where Luke takes it and um, see new wings and new beginnings in the coalition and just kind of see where he takes it. So, yeah, yeah. C- congrats, Luke. Um, yeah. Luke is going to be on the podcast in a future episode. So, uh, you, call, you all can stay tuned to find out more about Luke and his plans for the Iowa Bike Coalition. Yeah, and I will say that um, he came to us from to the Iowa Bicycle Coalition from the Iowa Rivers Revival. He was their executive director there. So he knows this stuff and it's really exciting. And I've already seen a couple of posts of him out riding bikes. So Sweet. Uh, yeah. yeah, very good. So, all right, Murph. So I talked about me. What's new with you? Um, well, besides the scary scarecrows in my neighborhood, <laughs> um, I am in the frantic final stages of party planning. Ooh. So yeah, I think that I've talked about it on the podcast many times, but I run a bicycle club here in Cedar Rapids cleverly named Wednesday night bike club. So that probably gives you an idea of what night we ride our bikes. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> and this Wednesday. year Is it Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> no. But Thursdays I'm usually very tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will say that Wednesday night bike club, um, I started this club twenty years ago. Wow. And, yeah. And we still ride every Wednesday year round. You know, obviously when it's super, super cold or rainy, you know, we don't, we maybe don't ride as many miles, but mm-hmm. we still all gather. So I yep. wanted to celebrate 20 years. So I am throwing what's called the first ever Hall of Fame induction ceremony. 
oh yay well congratulations on 20 years and the club is still growing strong it's still awesome yeah I mean kudos to you for all that and I can't wait to see who's inducted into this hall of fame I know it's going to be very fun and um most people I mean the people who are being inducted know but the Mm. rest of the crew does not know so Mm. I cannot I can't spill the beans on this podcast because I don't know when this is going to air I don't want people to know ahead of time Oh, exciting. Okay. So, yeah. Um, is there anything people can see? Should they go to your morphology site, uh, social pages to see more or like see the results of this uh, yes. prestigious award? For sure. On uh, Instagram for morphology, they'll be able to see just, you know, the crowd. But um, this club, you know, as I said, it's been around for 20 years, but uh, there are 800 members, wow. which I mean, obviously 800 people do not show up every Wednesday to ride bikes, but it's just such a cool community. And, We've done so much more than ride bikes. I mean, when the derecho, which is an inland hurricane, came through Iowa, I mean, we were out because really at that point we couldn't ride bikes because there were because there mm. were trees down everywhere. We mm-hmm. didn't have electricity. We didn't have really anything. We would gather. We all brought our chainsaws, <laughs> and we became like this tree removal crew. So that's just one example of you know how how fun it is to have a bike club that does so much more than biking. Yeah. And I just wanted to say, I don't think we mentioned that you're based out of Cedar Rapids. So the derecho mm, really yep. hit hard yeah. and it was such a cool thing to do for your community. And it's the power of biking, baby. The power of <laughs> it's biking. so freaking yes. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I so, also want to give a shout out to um, a man named Matt from Indiana. He wrote in because he heard us talking on a previous episode. Um, so hmm. he said, I listened to your recent podcast asking for listeners to submit suggestions for trail rides you can ride i'm suggesting the ohio to erie trail and he said it's 326 miles paved except for about 30 miles of crushed gravel so that sounds cool i know i looked it up it looks actually like a pretty cool um opportunity so thank you matt for uh writing in and as many of you know i went to college in indiana so go butler go bulldogs Okay. okay so right. uh what do we have up on the podcast today okay so today we wrap up our series of writer recaps and this week we have jeff nancy and cole and mm. each of them are on to talk about ragbri l experiences uh the good the bad the ugly and the beautiful <laughs> there we go and i just want to say Thank you again to all the writers who took the time to be interviewed for this podcast and for this little segment, because it has been such a cool experience to hear from you all. Oh, it's so fun to hear everyone's different perspective. You know, it's the same event to all of us, right? It's RAGBRAI, but everybody has such a unique perspective. Yeah. So, well, speaking of, let's get to it. Well, how about a warm welcome to Jeff? Thanks for coming on the podcast, Jeff. You're very welcome. Thanks. You, uh, glad to be here. You bet. Now, are you just getting off of your very first RAGBRAI? I am, indeed, yes. My ah. first one. Well, yep. tell the listeners, what made you decide to do RAGBRAI this year? Well, uh, I've ridden bikes either semi-professionally or in recreationally for about 30 years. Oh, wow. And um, RAGBRAI is one of those, um, you know, bucket list things for recreational cyclists. It's it's something I'd always heard about and um, never had the opportunity to do. 
Um, but then with the 50th anniversary coming through, I thought it'd be a great time to, uh, to, to give it a shot. So, yeah. Yep. You and uh, thousands and thousands of other people yes, that were yes. <laughs> thinking yeah, there the were same one thing. or two. There were one or two other people out there, yeah, besides <laughs> me. So, yeah. Okay, so when you say you uh, did, you say like semi-professional or at least uh, a different level than recreation at one point in your life? Yes, yes, I did. I I was with uh, a couple of different cycling teams. I live in the St. Louis area. Um, and, and cycling is very big here. So I was on a couple of teams, um, you know, that we did some racing in and about the St. Louis area and, um, yep. So I did that for about four years. Okay. So, um, you have a little bit of a unique perspective then because, you know, most of the people I've been interviewing, including myself are, you know, coming at this from a recreational, uh, mm-hmm. point of view where I'm not mm-hmm. trying to race. I'm just trying right. to get from point A to point B, see as many things as I can. So yep. did you have a similar perspective or were you kind of in that, oh, I don't want that guy to go faster than me? Oh, no, no, no. Those days are long gone. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, Clint Eastwood said it best, you know, when a man's got to know when to say when, right? So, right. yeah, no, I I, um, I realize I am not that person anymore. Um, so I was there strictly uh, uh, to do recreational. So. Okay. Yep. Well, that's good. Yep. That's good to know. Um, tell the listeners maybe some some memorable moments from your first RAGBRAI. Uh, memorable moments from my first RAGBRAI were um, a, a temperamental sheep um, at one of the stops. The the little girl that had the sheep in a pen, um, the sheep did not want to cooperate. So she told me, oh, she got up too early this morning. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny that the sheep had gotten up too early. Um <laughs> But it no, might have, it, it might have been the same sheep that I ran into because uh, the sheep I was trying to get a photo of every time I put my camera up it would look away it was like uh, intentional so maybe yeah. it was kind of a crabby a crabby animal yeah it, this one was I every time I reached in to pet the sheep it would butt my hand and, <laughs> and move my hand away so it became a battle of wills at that point it's like no I'm going to pet you but uh, <laughs> Uh, but the sheep eventually went out and I, I walked away uh, just without a pet. So, uh, but yeah, so, but no, it just, and you know, just, you know, the, actually the, I was really shocked and, and I had heard you mention it on the podcast and, and until I actually, you know, how beautiful Iowa really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, if anybody tells me again that, um, you know, that it's flat, uh, you know, I think I will, you know, might resort to some type of violence. I'm not sure, but uh, I did like the comparison to a waffle, um, you know, getting in and out, but there were mornings that we wrote out that it just, it, it just unspeakable uh, beauty. So I think that's uh, what I'll remember uh, of, of Iowa other than, you know, some of those Hills, sure. um, which was a little shocked. At, but. Somebody I interviewed earlier was mentioning um, he was an early riser. So he was up kind of at sunrise Right. And just to be able to see Iowa, you know, the rolling hills, but also like the, you know, the intense humidity made some yes. fog in the morning. Yes. So it was just yes. beautiful. Yes. Yeah. I was just going to say that is one morning we, I remember rolling out and everybody was commenting how foggy it was. And I couldn't even wear my glasses. I had to take my glasses off because it, and that was humidity coming out of the corn. But they say that's what makes it sweet. So. Uh, so the, this, that corn ought to be very sweet. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think it'd be ultra, yep. ultra sweet. Yes, that's yep. right. Yeah. Well, speaking of corn, um, tell us about the food. Were you, well, I, you like people either 
they usually say that they gain weight on Ragbri because there's just so many food options. So how about you? Right. Well, I, you know, I went there with the intention of the four, um, you know, corn, you had to have corn. You had to have Mr. Porkchop, obviously. Yep. Um, you had to have a, a piece of peach pie mm. or pie, pie in general. And I had peach pie and you had to have Beekman's ice cream. Okay. Um, so those were the four. Um, and I'm happy to report that uh, I was successful in, in trying uh, all four of those. And uh, they were all as billed. They were all very delicious. So, um, And I, I think very, all, four, all four that you mentioned are items of food that you probably would eat and enjoy in regular life, don't you think? Well, not Mr. Pork Chop necessarily, you know, the one inch pork chop, but yeah, <laughs> but a pork chop in general, yes. But, uh, but yeah, but they just somehow they just tasted better dressed in a biking kit, you know, standing alongside the road. <laughs> yeah. so. Sweating with a yep. paper towel and hoping, exactly. but, hoping you were getting but, grease all over you. But, you know, it's, it's to go back to the whole, you know, ragbri experience, you know, each with each food that I had, you know, it comes with a little bit of a story. You know, with Mr. Porkchop sitting in the yard of the people that were hosting Mr. Porkchop and and hearing their story and how excited they were to have everybody there. And um, and, you know, even even the non food items like, you know, on the tough day, um, you know, there were people opening, you know, their yards and getting out their hoses and spraying us down and providing us well water. And, and it was it was it was just amazing. Uh, the kindness of the people on the route. It was it was that's to me, that was the whole experience of of Ragbri was experiencing those people and, and their generosity and their kindness. So it was very cool. Yeah. And I uh, to add on to that, I, I really feel like it was a perfect description of Iowa nice when you come rolling through like Polk City was one town I remember where every other house there was somebody standing there with a hose or a sprinkler or a water gun you know they weren't they weren't asked to do that they just chose to and you know I'm sure that they're they went to dinner that night and were like what in the heck were these cyclists thinking biking in this hot of weather but you know what yeah well um (laughs) I, oh, is it Amkey? Is that how you say the name of the town? Um, I think that's how you say it. But it was one of oh, the more uh, the, Ankeny. Ankeny. Okay. Yep. Um, so as we were riding through there, um, it was the first time that I experienced people standing alongside the road holding water out for the riders. Oh, okay. And and there were three little boys lined up there. And I saw, I could, you know, we weren't going very fast. And, and as we were coming through, I saw the little boys and a couple of riders had taken, they, they must have been brothers, and, and they had taken water from everybody but this, the, the youngest he appeared to be at the farthest end of the line. And he was getting upset that the riders were taking water from him. And so I made up my mind I was going to take water from him. And when I did, he handed it to me perfectly. And I went on through and he turned around and he was screaming, he got it, he got it. I gave it to him. And it's like, you know, that's very, very cool. Something as simple like that, that, you know, hopefully that that youngster, will, he'll remember for a long time. So. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And yep. that will be, you know, he'll be on a podcast in 10 years and be like, you know, my first time yep. I was handing yep. out water I- and then I'm like, I'm going to do it. Yep, I gave that water to that poor old guy riding that bicycle. So. <laughs> now, did you come to Iowa as part of a team, or were you solo, or how did you do Ragbri? No, I. Um, so I had uh, a group of friends here locally, um, and uh, we we formed a little team called Ruse 
uh, Rag Bright Rock Stars. It's kind of hard to say, but uh, um, yeah, there were six of us, uh, five women and me. There were supposed to be more men, but they, these guys, uh, there were some injuries prior to the event, so it wound up just being uh, the five women and me. So uh, that's how I that's how I came up there. Wow, that actually yep. sounds pretty fun. Yep, yep, it was a good time. And would it you say Ragbri was what you expected? Better, worse, just different? Well, you know, what I mentioned to you prior to getting on here, I'm listening to the podcast and, and the availability of, of YouTube videos and things, uh, because, you know, I was very curious about, you know, Ragbri and trying to prepare for it and train for it and whatnot. And so there were a lot of videos out there of people that record their days. So I think, uh, to be honest, it was kind of what I expected. Oh, good. Uh, as far as the ride, actually, um, you know, the structure of it and that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think it, having all of that available. And, again, your podcast, I mean, you, you talk through a lot. And, and I, I think it was, uh, other than the crowd, I wasn't really expecting that, that many people on the road at the same time. But right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right. And in theory, in theory, theory. Future, future years will be... Uh, probably less people and most sure. likely less mileage. So, sure. you know, this was meant to be a, you know, the rah-rah 50th. And um, <laughs> and I'm saying in theory because I have nothing to do with the route. So, well, hopefully Mr. Matt Fippen is listening to this and hearing how many people are like, it was so many miles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, in, in to be fair, I mean, they, they kind of let you know how many miles it was. I think... You know, some folks were, um, I think the heat was the yeah, big factor to, to a lot of it. A lot of people, um, you know, on the really hilly hot day, they were, they were ill. Um, you know, they, but I will just tell you, I made a mistake on day five. I did not eat well mm. the night before yep. and I suffered because of it. So you know, I will tell you the advice I would give anybody is have fun, enjoy it. But remember, you've got a ride to do. Right. And because um, the, the night before the really hilly hot day, the team wanted to go have Mexican food. And I'm not a big Mexican food fan, but I ate a plate of nachos, you know, as a cyclist. Eating a plate of nachos <laughs> is, not gonna not, cut it. <laughs> is not what you should be doing. Um before a 90 mile day right so um yeah but but anyway um that would be my advice to people is remember you know go have a good time and everything but um you've still got 90 miles the next day to to put behind you so yeah today you today you uh determines tomorrow you exactly especially on a bike especially on a bike so and just the enormity of the crowd uh because there were some things you know i would have done um you know like for example you know uh, getting the beer t-shirt for example Uh, you know the first day you know i got my first two stops in but then you know there were so many people Mm -hmm. that a lot of times it would take an hour you know, to, to go through line and get a beer and whatnot and get back on the road. And, mm-hmm. and for somebody like me, an old, an old codger like me, that's just too long to stand. I, I've got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. So, but, and that, that's just the function of the success of the ride. So, um, so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So. And I've said this so many times and I think I'll keep on saying it, but everybody gets to do their own rag bride their own way. So sure. some people yep. will, you know, 
everybody does their own thing. So that's what yep. that's what makes it so successful. So absolutely. Okay, last question. Sure. Do you think you'll ever do Ragbri again? Um, if you ask me that the day after, I would have told you no. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's you know I I, I I'm going to go with maybe. Okay. Um, just because you know it. To, I think it's a it's an experience that you have to do all seven days, right? And sometimes that's a little tough you know, with business schedules and things like that to mm-hmm. get that many days off in a row. Um, but you know, if, if the opportunity presented itself, I, I probably would. Yeah. Probably would. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have the same comment, you know, the day after ride ride, they're like, no way in hell yeah. you're going to get me yeah. back on a bike. <laughs> and then, you know, end of January, when the routes announced, people are like, well, gosh, could I get an extra week of vacation? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's pretty, well, And then yeah, that's be- so before you know it, you'll yep. be on the podcast next year. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, Jeff, yep. thank you so much for your time and You're very welcome. sharing some stories. And uh, I hope that you have a great rest of the summer. All right. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. Appreciate it very much. Okay, next up we have Nancy. How are you doing, Nancy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm really good. Well, tell the listeners maybe where you're from and what the cycling culture is like there. Okay, Um, so I live in Michigan. Mm -hmm. I'm in the Detroit area, and uh, there is a pretty big bike club out of Ann Arbor. Um, I was training with my husband, and I have a friend I train with too, and... uh, We've got some paths. We got good enough paths that we could train on here. There's a one section by a park that um, is hilly. It's like a um, 12 mile there and back. So we trained on that mm. quite a bit. So um, yeah, there's definitely um, there are places where we could train here with our road bikes. It, of course, and northern Michigan's really beautiful. We didn't um, train this time, but um, there's lots of options for trails up there, too. Well, I was just going to say it's on my bucket list. And of course, I don't have it in front of me to give you the name, but there's some big, huge loop in the Michigan area that I have been hearing about and I want to do. And I think it's like 400 miles. So I don't know if that rings a bell to you, but it's definitely something yeah. I want to do. So I'm wondering if you're thinking it's called the Dalmac and it starts in central Michigan, like around um, East Lansing. Um, and we always describe places in Michigan with our hand because it's shaped <laughs> right. like a mitten, but it's kind of like in the middle. And then it goes up to Mackinac, which is um, at the very top um, part of the lower pen- peninsula. And there are options. You can do two day, three day, four day, five okay. day. Yeah. We have not done it yet, but you know, like I said, the, the first week of right as done with ride by, I'm like, oh, I'm not biking for a long time. <laughs> right. And that, now I'm all, now I'm already looking at that. Oh yeah, so, yeah. But that that yeah. name and sounds it, familiar. Yeah, and then there's a Make a Wish ride too. Um, that's a three. That's a three day. Um, a century each day. Oh um, wow. So all right. Well, yeah. your le- um, your my legs... husband did that. I, I gonna... have not done that. I was going to say your legs are ready now after uh, Ragbri. Yeah, yeah. And was this your first Ragbri? It was. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So maybe let's get into it. How did you, um, I think you said your husband did it as well, but how did you guys decide that this was the year you were going to do Ragbri? 
So it's funny because it had always been on our radar a little bit. We did cycle Oregon years ago mm. in the 1990s. And then, you know, we got waylaid with life. And then um, his college friend did it last year. And apparently last year was a great year. The weather was good. Yeah. And he, he just had such a fantastic experience. So it had been on our radar. And then when he was so enthusiastic describing it, we decided, um, okay, this is the year we're going to do it. And you picked, uh, you know, one of the longest and the steepest and then unfortunately one of the hottest. So do you want to mm-hmm. give your li- the listeners kind of your take on how the week went for you? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I was um, taken aback already the first day by the, the hilliness and um, – the, the first few days, I think we, we still enjoyed, um, and it was so fun to be in the towns and have them open up to us. And um, long story short, I, I had an injury before it even started coming out of my hotel room. I lost my balance and, um, like, cut my leg. And oh, um, no. so I had some experience. I know. It was so unfortunate. I had some experience with the medics and um, even talked to some of the Air Force people. And so they were, like, so wonderful and supportive. And um, so and, – and I really enjoyed um, meeting people. I, I was with my husband and his group of friends, but I, I really kind of biked alone a lot just because mm-hmm. we were going at different paces. I was stopping at the medic tents and – you know, just for various reasons. I always wanted to stop for ice cream. was never going to pass that up. I love the <laughs> churned ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that was the first um, few days. And then days five and six were pretty challenging for us. Just like the, the hill after hill on day five and um, then the hills coupled with the heat on day six and then the thunderstorm at the end of the day. And so we ended up, um, we did not do day seven because we ended up staying at somebody's home on that um, sixth day. And um, they offered if we wanted to, that they would get our car. Um, So, but, you know, we were fine with that. You know, we ended up doing roughly 440 miles and um yeah we were just pretty spent after those last two days i think we would have if it wasn't for the hills and the heat um would have done the last day but you know we 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 were at peace with all that yeah for sure and um it's interesting all the people i've interviewed uh there have been so many people that just happen to have or find a homestay on that friday night and so you know the storm was crazy it came really fast but for the most part at least who i've talked to uh people were safe that night yeah. Well, we originally, I got back really late that night and then we were, we hung out at the high V and I ate there. So when we got back to the campsite, that's when the storm was starting. And so we went into a shelter and, um, that's where we kind of hung out, like right by our campsite. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, we went back to our tent and the air mattresses weren't blown up. We were exhausted. And, um, then a guy in our group, um, the, the friends that I was telling about my husband's friend, his brother's like, we've got a home and you guys can come stay. And I was just like, Oh my God, thank God. Um, yeah. And the people were just so nice and helpful and, um, yeah, that was wonderful. Awesome. Okay. So think back to, you know, packing and getting ready for Ragbri. Would you say you packed too much, not enough or just right? 
So I think I, I watched your video. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I was pretty, just because I was anxious about the whole endeavor, um, I spent months just researching and learning. And so I, I have to give myself a pat on the back. I really um, use my resources to optimize my packing. And I even got those little like funnel sheepy things, you know, oh, sure, that, yes. um, those, those came in handy. And my husband's like, oh, I don't want you peeing in the tent at night. So I'm like, okay, I'll just pee like right outside it. <laughs> and, and this might be a little too cheap. TMI here. Um, yeah. And then for the cornfield, it came in ha handy because I don't think I've ever drank like that much water, liquid IVs in my life. And so, you know, what comes in must come out. Yeah, it's gotta and come so out. I was grateful to have those in the cornfield. I had my little pee bag with the wipes and everything. And um, yeah, and I took the advice of packing um, each day into one Ziploc bag. That was fantastic. And even with all that preparation, I'm still just not a big camper. And just like, I was still kind of rummaging through things and losing things but I really I don't know that I could have done much better because I did like I, I was researching extensively watching videos and um, on the Facebook groups learning everything so yeah I, I felt like I was um, prepared that way that's and that's actually pretty good because a lot of uh, especially like when I you know my first couple of years of RAGBRAI I bet you I brought back I don't know, 20% of my stuff that I never even touched. But yet, you know, it was in my bag. So it was still stinky. And I had to wash everything anyway. So um, good yeah. kudos to I mean, you. I could have for... brought a little bit less, um, like for the evenings. But I, I mean, I kind of pictured that we were going to go to the concerts and we didn't go every night, you know, just mm -hmm. because like we'd either get back later, we were, were tired. Um, so I guess I could have um, brought a little bit less for the evenings, but it, it wasn't too much. Yeah. Well, besides packing, like, can you think back to, you know, once you made the decision to do RAGBRAI, stuff that you were, like, worried about all the time that maybe you, once you did RAGBRAI, you're like, why was I worried about that? Like, does yeah. anything you remember? Well, for me personally, um, I had an injury. I, I, my, I had some Achilles tendonitis, and I was really concerned about that. But I was able to go to PT, and it was kind of like getting worse before it got better. But um, like the first day, and I was taping it, it, they were kind of bothering me. And then it was weird. It's like my body just kind of adjusted, you know. Oh, nice. I, I guess the one thing that was cool, um, and I guess I experienced this too when I did Cycle Oregon, is that, you know, as you go, at least for me, like I feel physically stronger and better. And so that was something that um, worked out well. Um, I was super anxious about um, sleeping in tents because it's really not my thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but that really, um, that was okay. I mean, we went with the charter service and the air mattresses were fine and the tent fans were a big must. Um, you know, we had the tent fans and the sleeping bag. And so all of that actually ended up um, maybe going a little better than what I expected. Good, good. And, and our preparation helped. Yeah. And do you think RAGBRAI is something that you would do again, or do you have other things <laughs> that you want to do in the future? Well, it's so funny because I've just like come from one place to the other. Like, like at the end, I was thinking like, oh no, I'm not going to do that. And then, and then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get on my bike. And now I'm looking at duathlons and now I'm looking at <laughs> bike rides in Michigan. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, at the rate I'm going, <laughs> we could be doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely uh, call, we'll call this year a kind of a type two fun where, you know, like that Thursday and Friday in the heat in the hills, I was just like, what? 
why am yeah. I spending vacation time doing this? Yeah. Like, this is crazy. But of course, now today, while I'm interviewing you, I'm like, oh, I wish I was back there again, which is crazy yeah. to think about. But well, any yeah. ad- any advice you would give somebody who um, maybe is listening and like, you know, I need to do RAGBRAI some year? Well, um, yeah, I would definitely do again um, the preparation. You know, your video was great for the packing preparation and then um, just um, reading like all the the Facebook posts and the the comments. um, I felt like all of that was super helpful. And um, I can tell you a really quick, like kind of funny story of my experience if you want. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of the nights, um, our campsite was kind of far away from the showers. And I can't even remember what town. It might have been Des Moines. But um, there were like these shuttles that um, like people would sit in the seats in the middle. And then there were like um, the bars. And so my husband and I were like desperate to take a shower. And so we had to hang on the bars. And so I'm hanging on the bars. I don't know if you can picture this. And um, so my armpits are like exposed to everybody. I'm like, oh my God, I probably really <laughs> stink. And you guys are all having to smell, smell my armpits. And um, so so that happened. Then fast forward the next day, I was riding by myself. And I was a little bit concerned about my bike because um, I think in the fall I had in the beginning, I kind of tweaked something on it. So these two ladies bike up the hill. They have the same type of bike as me, too. We all had our surveillance. And they're like, you're the armpit lady. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I'm cracking up. I'm like, oh, my God. Never in my life would I um, think I would be known as the armpit lady. But it was funny. And then I was like, yeah, my bikes are, like, a little bit off. And um, so the Air Force people came. They were great. And they were working so hard to try to fix fix my bike. And those ladies stayed with me the whole time. They were so sweet. They were chatting with me. And we biked into the next city I had dinner with them so it was just kind of a funny way that that we met and and they were lovely and I really enjoyed my time with them so yeah that that's just my little story and you know (laughs) experience and you know in future years if you run into those ladies again you are forever the armpit lady right yeah yeah I I don't know what to do with that yeah (laughs) but also but also you made a great friendship out of the deal so that that's that's all worth it yeah, I have there. Um, like we we exchanged pictures. We got some cool pictures to get together too. Um, so yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nancy, for coming on the podcast and sharing some of your stories. And um, it's just makes rethinking about Ragbra even more fun to hear everyone's yeah. stories. Yeah. Well, and thank you for all you're doing. I think it's so nice to connect people because it really is kind of a, a daunting endeavor and just kind of having a community around it, um, I think can be super helpful. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, thank you. My pleasure. All right. A warm welcome to Cole. How's it going, Cole? going good how are you today good good so here we are gosh we're it seems like it's been at least six months since we experienced ragbri but it's really only been right a couple not even a couple weeks so are you in recovery mode still or are you back to real life uh back to real life it didn't take too long to recover oh good good well Tell the listeners where you live now and maybe if, you know, if there's a cycling culture or what it's like there. I live in Marysville, Kansas, which is right between Lincoln, Nebraska and Manhattan, Kansas. Mm. 
And there is, even right here locally, there's a big cycling culture, not something I've been a part of before this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of joined in this year in preparation of RAGBRAI, but we have a very good local bike shop and a cycling club, and a lot of them ride our rail trail that runs from Marysville, Kansas to Lincoln, Nebraska. Ooh. Or there's a, a big group that do a lot of gravel riding here. I was going to say, I did Gravel Worlds last year, and that was based out of Lincoln, so I have experienced some of your gravel roads in that area. Yes, we actually have, uh, even in our little town of Marysville, um, coming up in September will be the 10th annual Pony Express Gravel Dash, and we have various lengths of rides and races. So it's a it's a good culture here as far as having opportunity to get out on a bicycle. Right, right. <clears throat> and I would guess your terrain and uh, scenery is similar to Iowa because you're pretty close. Yes, very similar. Okay, so tell us your story on how you decided to do RAGBRAI. Well, my first introduction to RAGBRAI was when I was a kid. We lived in Iowa until fourth grade. And we lived in the little town of Milo, just south of Indianola. Hmm. And I remember going to swimming lessons one day, and there was thousands of people coming through our town of about 800 people on bicycles. And I thought, I had stumbled into the Tour de France or something. <laughs> I, I really thought they were all celebrities. I had no idea what was going on. I remember uh, finding a Sharpie and having people signing my swimming, my bath towel on the way to swimming lessons. <laughs> That's awesome. And then we got on the bus to go to the next town. And even along the way, uh, different ragbri riders were stopping the bus and giving the kids necklaces and candy. And it was just like this big hoopla that <laughs> I had never seen before. So it sounds like you became the celebrity at some point. Yeah. <laughs> So then we moved away uh, later that year out of Iowa, and we've lived around the Midwest, but Iowa always felt like home. And so my brother and I have always wanted to do RAGBRAI, and it just the stars aligned this year. Not because of the 50th year, it just worked out to be the 50th year, and we decided to take the plunge and knock it off the bucket list. And so have you been a biker your entire life, or is this kind of a new experience altogether? This is brand new. Of course, as kids, we had bicycles, but... um, putting on any kind of miles that represent RAGBRAI, this is a first. We both, my brother and I, bought bicycles back in January or February, right after the route release, and started to prepare. And um, so that, we're, we're pretty new to the whole sport. Wow. And you, not only did you pick, you know, an epic event like biking across the state of Iowa, you picked a year that was full of, crazy weather and heat and hills so like tell us about your experience of biking across Iowa well just on that note you know I talked to several RAGBRAI veterans throughout the week and I feel like maybe there was some recency bias but I know after the day going to Tama Toledo from Des Moines many of them said that was the hardest day of RAGBRAI they'd ever had oh wow and so that felt like even more of an accomplishment but again maybe there was some recency bias there but um RAGBRAI was fantastic mm-hmm. it was exactly what I expected it to be with the huge crowds and not everything's perfect but you just embrace the adventure I mean everything was perfect for me yeah. you hear people say different things but it was everything I expected as far as crowd size, um, the experience, the food, and what I expected, but you still just can't appreciate enough is all the volunteers and all the towns that welcome you there and want to showcase their town because 
I know having kids and a career and different things, it takes a lot of extra time to pay it forward in your community and give that community service time. And so the fact that there's that many people across Iowa that will do that is like the crowning jewel of Rabri. Oh, I agree. It's just amazing to think that, you know, as you roll into a town, like you get into your habit of all I have to do today is get up, ride my bike, you know, find food, go to bed, repeat. And to think all of the work that those, you know, and they're most of them are volunteers in those communities put in to help us have an amazing week is it's just mind blowing. For sure. I I remember one guy, you know, they had the shuttle buses in every town, which is not something I expected and was very much appreciated. And sometimes they took a while, but you know, to be expected. Um, But I think in Carroll, we were on some guy's party bus and I was thinking to myself, he's probably not getting paid to do this. He's got a party bus and he volunteered for the night. And it was things like that that made all the difference in um, our accessibility to their town. And we really appreciated that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it's got to be, you know, a memory that's going to last forever. The fact that you got to do this with your brother. For sure. I didn't see much of him. He turned out to be a much stronger rider than I was. Oh. But <laughs> we caught up in the evenings and we were able to share you know, it's funny. We did it together. We camped together every night, um, but we had very different experiences, and it was fun to share those based on the times we went through different towns and things. We, we, we had a different experience, but it was fun to get together in the evenings and share what we had a difference in. Yeah, and um, how about, like, the experience as far as vendors and food and water? Like, did you feel like you got the full Rag Rag experience for that i did um i felt like my kids have brought me a significant more amount of patience than i had pre-kids and now after ragbri i have learned that no line is too long and it will soon <laughs> pass and you just jump in line and wait your turn <laughs> like what else do you have to like do I have right even, i have even more patience now <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> and did you experience like uh you know beekman's ice cream and a pork chop and all of the like the popular places I did. I I definitely had, um, you know, in this day and age, especially with YouTube, and it seems like cyclists and filming things to put on YouTube go hand in hand, as I've looked at even some other events, but you can almost, I'm almost an over-preparer, so I definitely had all those traditional ragbri things that I wanted to hit, almost like bucket list items, and my brother, he just kind of was, a, he didn't know nearly as much in preparation so mm. it was fun to see what he chose to go see but yes i went to mr pork shop um the craft beer tent beekman's ice cream i think my favorite of the week was chris cakes oh yeah so i enjoyed all of those things and then of course sprinkled into all of that are all the small communities that have their restaurants open and their church yes. basements open and the amish pie like oh my gosh there were just I would say most people probably gain weight after Ragbri rather than lose. I certainly didn't lose any. <laughs> okay, so you said that you were an over-planner, an over-analyzer. Did you pack too much stuff, not enough stuff, or were you just right? It was just right, hmm. and I wish uh, I had just the right amount of things and maybe a bag that was just slightly too small. So you still had to really plan and get it stuffed in there every morning because, of course, it never packs up the second, third, and fourth (laughs) day as easily as the first day. For sure, yeah. The saving grace was, and I think I, I talked to a lot of people that had a similar experience in Des Moines. There was many people that had a family or friend, 
and we stayed in the Ragbri camp and used the Ragbri bag services all week. But on Wednesday night, we went and stayed with my grandma in Des Moines, and I was able to freshen everything up with some laundry, get rid of a few things I wouldn't need for the rest of the week, and that was have air conditioning and a bathroom for the night, and that was like the tale of two halves. It was great. Uh, yeah, that's and it's so refreshing to like get one good night's sleep. You didn't have to hear the zippers opening and shutting of tents, all of right. that good stuff, I'm sure. And yeah, I'm very fortunate that uh, I know it was recommended to bring earplugs, and I didn't because I'm fortunate that those things don't bother me too much. So, oh, yeah, earplugs were, would be a deal breaker for me, I think, if I was still camping in the official campground. Anything memorable that you want to share, you know, besides what you've already shared? You know, when I when we talked about going on Ragbri, it's like you want to go for the hoopla and feel all the, the good vibes and the energy. And something, my main goal was just to see, like, the true Americana of the stops out in the middle of the country, of the kids selling their lemonade, and, of course, got to experience that in full effect. And then the things that you hear about Iowa Nice, it's like, I've grown up in the Midwest my whole life, so you know that that's out there. Um, It was so nice for the whole week, though. In a world divided of politics and everything else, like, it was just, there was just none of that for a whole week. Yeah. And it was just a group of people with a common goal. And you, some of the things I saw are the most memorable things. And they really, sh- on a day-to-day basis, they should be small acts of kindness. But they seem like the biggest thing mm-hmm. when you have that many people. And, for example, one of them was, I don't even remember the town. But we were in a gas station. Of course, the line wrapped around the gas station inside. By the time you got to the counter, you had eaten and drank everything you wanted to pay for. <laughs> right. And... When I walked in, I noticed that, like happens throughout the week, there wasn't enough. The trash can was overflowing, and the gentleman in front of me paid for his things, and he went out and saw that, and he came back and asked the lady who was working by herself, do you have a roll of trash bags? And he went out, and when I walked out, him and a half a dozen other Ragbri riders had bagged up four bags of trash and put a fresh one in. Oh, wow. And it just made, you know, that lady had no idea that she even had that out there, and now she didn't have to deal with it. And it's stuff like that that you kick yourself because you're like, well, I just walked in and saw that and I didn't do anything about it. And yeah. you start to look for those opportunities just to be helpful. And I think if you can take that from Ragbri and carry it on after the fact, that is maybe the most important thing of the whole ride. Oh, for sure. Just understanding what Iowa nice means and kind of taking it back to the real world. And like you said, patience. I mean, yes. lines are lines. Like what else do you have to do, right? Yep. <laughs> well, Cole, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. And uh, hopefully you and your brother will come back to Iowa again and ride your bikes. Well, I tell you what, when uh, my brother has not enjoyed riding his bike at all. I think he blasted through the ride because it was just like, oh, I got to get done and get off this bike. And I've, I really assumed I would do this ride and sell my bike after. And I've come to enjoy it. And we have some great gravel opportunities like we touched on around here so yeah. i think i'm going to keep on going so oh that's awesome that's another gr- great result of rag bride yes awesome well, thank you for doing the podcast i got a lot of information off of it awesome thank you cole yep have a good day well listeners that is it for this week we both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at 
justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just just go bike. bike!